This week marks the first week in Advent. During the Advent season, we look back and celebrate the moment Jesus came into our world. But we also look forward into anticipation of the fact that one day Jesus will come again. And when he comes, he will set all things right. Today we light the first candle of the Advent wreath. This is the candle of hope. With Christians around the world, we use this light to help us prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. May we receive God's light as we hear the words of the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Lord, as we look to the birth of Jesus, grant that the light of your love for us will help us to become lights in the lives of those around us. Prepare our hearts for the joy and gladness of your coming. For Jesus is our hope. Amen. Good morning, Conduit. How are you? Good. Good. My name's Cameron. I'm one of the pastors here. I welcome you uh, to Conduit if this is your first time or if this is your, I don't know, how many times it's even possible to come to Conduit now if you've been coming right from the very start. It's like uh, lots of times. A couple hundred. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not good at math, so especially on the spot. Um, anyway, we welcome you here. I'm glad you're here. Um, like, uh, like Brendan was saying, today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent being that season of preparation, that season of uh, anticipation, the season of um, where we, we kind of commemorate the looking forward to Jesus. Right? We, put our, we put ourselves in the place of those who were looking forward to the Savior. Right? But we also stand on the other side of it, having received the Savior Jesus, we now put ourselves in the place of looking forward to receiving Him again. Where He doesn't come, he doesn't come as um, small, unassuming, innocent, in a manger Jesus, right? He came quiet and humbly once. Right? The next time Jesus comes, He will be coming in a much different way. Yep. Uh, with, with much different energy. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> with, much different, um, with, with a much different view. Right? And so we, we stand in a place of, um, of marking and looking back on when, those, when they were waiting for Jesus to come as Messiah and Savior. And we also stand in a place where we anticipate Him his coming as um, as Lord and King. Okay, it is the Christmas season. It is the Advent season, right? The season where we are, like I said, anticipating the coming. And there is coming. Um, there is the, there are these themes that we always that we always celebrate during Advent. There's themes like hope, which we're gonna which we're gonna talk about today. There's themes like peace. There's themes like love. There's themes like joy. Right, and all of these things, like everything else that we've been uh, preaching on the last few months, all of these things, they make their, they they are they they're like 
they're a big circle around the central figure of all of life and all of creation and all of our faith, who is Jesus. And so we're here to celebrate Jesus. And this morning we're here to both celebrate and to talk about, um, to talk about hope. Right? Maybe, maybe like that's why I wore this sweatshirt this morning. I'm sure that you've heard the word hope before. I'm sure that you have even talked about what hope is. We use the word hope, or we use the like talking about hope. We talk about it um, sometimes in just in like our 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 general conversation, in the same way that we talk about things that we that we wish would happen, right? Like I really hope the weather is nice today, right? Or, I really hope the bills win. Or, um, I really hope this. Or, I really hope that. Right? We, we use the word hope as a way to talk about the things that we wish would happen or that we, that we hope would happen. Um, but, if we, if, we stop for, uh, if we stop for a moment and, and outside of using using that like we normally would, like the word hope like we normally would, we, we, we can come to see or come to realize or maybe intrinsically believe and know that, that Christian hope, hope that is rooted in Scripture, right? Hope that is rooted in the, um, the person of Jesus Christ is, is quite, radically, quite radically different from just the wishful thinking that we, that we, kind, of, that we kind of use the word hope hope for, right? Like, I hope the weather is good is a lot different than when the writer of Hebrews says, we have this anchor for our soul. We hold unswervingly to this hope that we profess, right? This firm and secure anchor for our soul. That there is something much more uh, much more significant much more deep, right? Much more firm and secure and unswerving and anchoring to, to the hope that is rooted in Jesus Christ than the wishful thinking that we have about the world. Christian hope is a sure and firm confidence in the character and the promises of God. It's important here that we make this distinction. If we say, if we say that hope, hope is the firm and secure confidence in the promises of God, right? If you just listen to that for a second, apart from this definition, actually, can you take that down for a second? And if I tell you, if I say um, that, that hope is the firm and secure confidence in the promises of God, you say, yeah, good. Hope. The, the firm and secure assurance in the promises of God. Good definition? Not a trick question. Not a trick question. Right? Okay, you're in the sermon now. Alright? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, we would say, yeah, alright. That, that we're, we're, it's a secure and firm confidence in the promises of God. Right? Okay. We, I, I get that. But 
Let's, let's, I want to add something to it, right? I want us to discover something more about the nature of hope than just a firm and secure confidence in the promises of God. Because, because when you talk about, when we, when we, when we honestly um, dialogue, right, about, about promises that have been made to us, we all, we all maybe immediately, we, we all kind of like back up into a situation in our lives where something has been promised to us, maybe on a significant level or maybe on an insignificant level, and that promise has been what? Broken. Right? It has been the confidence that we have placed in that promise has been, has been shattered and it's left us a little timid in the sight of anyone promising anything to us because we've been hurt by those that have promised and have broken those promises. At the same time, we may be, we may be a person, right? I may be a person who is afraid, anxious, nervous to promise something to someone else. I, I, I have broken my promises to someone else, and so I, I don't trust myself anymore, right? And so now I don't want to promise anything to anyone. I don't want to promise that I'll do that. I don't want to promise that I will be that. I don't want to promise that I will show up like that. I don't want to promise. I don't want to promise. I don't want to promise because my breaking promises to so and such and such person at whatever time has created a significant relational gap in my life and it's left me with some experiences that I would rather avoid. Okay, And so now, I don't like to talk about promises. The reality is, is that even when we talk about hope possibly being a firm and secure confidence in the promises of God, that I know for a fact that some of us are even struggling now with the Lord about whether or not we can trust His promises to us. Okay, okay, Lord, I know You said this. My experience in life leads me to be a little bit like, I don't know that I can trust that. I don't know if You're going to come through with that. right? Because a promise is just a word, Right? It's just a statement. It, it, is, it, is only, it is only proved true. It is only proved authentic. It is only proved genuine in its completion. And so when a promise is made, we are standing in the midst of expectation for the future. Um, but listen... Uh, promises, promises that are not rooted in the character of the promise giver are, the, are just wishful thoughts. I'm going to say that again. Promises that are not rooted in the character of the person making the promise exist only as just a 
wishful thought. Right? Similar to the way that we would say, I hope the weather is good, or I wish the weather would be good. Same thing. If a promise is not rooted in your character, the character of the one that makes the promise, then it goes no further than any promise that can be broken. And here is the difference between worldly hope, which says, I hope the weather's good, and Christian hope. Okay? Christian hope is the firm and secure confidences, confidence not only in the things that God says, the promises of God, but it is also rooted deeply in the character of who He is. That is the definition of hope that we had up here. You can bring that slide back up. Christian hope is the sure and firm confidence in the character of God and the promises of God. Listen, we believe the promises of God not because of what has been said or what has been promised. We believe the promises of God because of who has said them. Because, out of, the, because of the character from which they come. Right? Where, where God has God is not ever been made out to be a liar. God has always stayed true to His Word. Right? God has always come through on every promise. Right? And even in the midst of waiting on the fulfillment of every promise, that God has made, we stand firmly on the foundation of His fulfillment of every other thing. We stand firm on the foundation of His character that has made those promises. The Scripture, the scripture has this same view of, of what we call Christian hope, of what we call hope. Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews talks a lot about hope. And the writer of Hebrews says this in chapter 10, verse 23. He says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. The writer of Hebrews says this very thing is that we hold unswervingly to the faith that we profess. Not because the promises themselves for our faith are great, but because the one who has made the promises is faithful. Our faith, our faith lies in the character and nature of God Himself, not merely on the promises or the proclamations themselves. I want to. I want us to turn. Um, I want us to turn to first the book of First Peter. Um, if you're not familiar where First Peter is, you're not alone. <laughs> okay. If you have a Bible in front of you, you want to you want to you want to find it. Right. The best way that I can say is go to the very end of your Bible, right, and find Revelation. So it's kind of an easy one to find, right? It's the last book of your Bible. And then you're going to turn left. And you're going to turn left not very far, right? You're going to go through Jude, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John. 
then you're going to find 2 Peter, and then you're going to find 1 Peter, and then you're there. Okay? So 1 Peter's in the back of your Bible. And this is not a this is not a traditional Advent or Christmas Christmas time um, uh, passage of Scripture, but it does speak to the nature of hope, right? Because even though Christian hope and worldly hope are two different things, they hold they hold the same general quality of looking forward into the future, okay? They look, they look towards something that has not yet come or that we do not yet have. Hope is future-facing, not backwards-facing, right? It is, looking, it is looking forward into where God is taking us and what He has promised us for the future. <coughs> Excuse me. So we're going to talk or we're going to read from 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 8. Well, let me read it for you. You can follow along on the screen, follow along in your Bible if you have one, and then um, we'll talk, we'll break it down. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trial. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your salvation, the salvation of your souls. So, there's a lot there, right? A lot of of Christian words and a lot of Christian speak, right? Um, and good, good news, we're Christian. So um, we, all, we all understand it, right? Perfectly. <clears throat> Listen, um, uh, my, hope always, my hope always as a pastor and as a preacher is to help you, help you see that there is, um, there is nothing inherently special about what I do. Okay? But that but that by the Holy Spirit of God, that you can have access, you have access into the same truth that you hear me proclaiming here, right? That sometimes we just need to we just need to do it together, right? So that you can so that I can help 
to show you how you you hear from the Lord from the from the pages of His Word, right? And when you take a big chunk of Scripture like that and you read it all right, you know, right down or right down the column, and there's a lot of big words, right? Resurrection and faith and salvation and God's power and inexpressible and glorious joy. It can kind of get lost. Things can kind of get lost in the proverbial translation. But look, it doesn't have to be that way, okay? And so, um, we'll hope to ever increasingly give you the confidence um, to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's why, that's one of the reasons why I encourage you to pull out your Bible and look at it while I'm reading it, right? Because when you're at home, you don't got a big screen up on your kitchen wall, right, while you're doing your devotions to, that, that, that lists off the Scripture that you're going to be reading this morning. If you're going to be reading your Word, you're going to be reading your Word, right? And, and if you're going to be reading your Word, then I want you to be reading your Word now so that we can familiarize ourselves together with what the Holy Spirit of God is showing us and teaching us and telling us from His Word. Okay? If you don't have a Bible, um, I want you to steal the one that's in the pew. Right? Take it home with you. It's for you. Right? There, like, Take it. It is yours. Put your name on the inside cover. Underline it. Study it. Digest it. Read it. It's for you. If you need one, we'll give you another one. Okay? But listen, here's a few things. We're at, right at the beginning of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Here's a, here are a few things that we pull out from that, even that little short passage of, of Scripture is that, is that um, salvation, right? Hope. New birth is a gift offered to us by the mercy of God. Okay? New life within us and the hope that is planted deep in our souls through that new life is given to us because of the great mercy of God. Right? We, do not, <clears throat> we do not manufacture hope in our own hearts. We do not manu because that's just that's just wishful thinking, right? Because it's not rooted in the character and promises of God. We 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 do not manufacture it on our own. It comes as a gift from God. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into like our status changes into a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So at the foundation for all of the work that God does in us to give us new life and to plant a living hope within us is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nothing nothing is possible in us without the resurrection of Jesus, right? Nothing that leads to newness of life is possible within us without the resurrection of Jesus. Hope that is separate from wishful thinking cannot take root within us apart from the resurrection of Jesus. All of it sits in the basket of the resurrection of Jesus. 
We also see, just from this first verse, that hope is not, is not some dead, crusty, too often used term of the Christian faith that has no bearing or impact on our lives today. That hope, hope is not dead. Right? Hope is not dead. Hope has not been forgotten. Hope has not been canceled, right? Hope, there, that hope is a real and living thing given to us as a great gift from God. It is not dead or in waiting. It is vital for right now. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. A, one that, a, one that breathe, a hope that breathes life into our mortal bodies. A, a, a hope that breathes, that breathes vitality and, and joy and perspective, right, into our hearts. And then, of course, <clears throat> what we already said, that hope is, hope is accessed through new birth or new life which has been secured for us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, I have no hope for the future, Pastor. I have no hope for my family. I have no hope for, for this situation. I, I have no hope. Hope is dead in me. Hope, there, it is not going to get better. I have no vision into the future of the character and promises of God showing up in a significant way in this. You know what? I understand. And I also understand why you feel that way. Not only do I understand how you feel, I understand why you feel that way. Right? But because when our, when our faith... Listen, I say this gently. Not out of a place of judgment. Right? When our faith in the actual resurrection of Jesus from the dead, like He was dead in the grave, and He resurrected from the grave, and He now, and He's not, he's not some ghost right now, but He's like actually physically living in His actual body in heaven right now, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, and He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Right? When our faith in the actual physical resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and His victory over the grave is small, our hope is small. When, when faith of the victory of Jesus over all things is small, our hope is small. Because every single bit of hope that we have is built upon the truth of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And so if we're living in a situation where we see no hope whatsoever, that's because we have nothing to build our hope on. If we, if we have no hope, we're just showing that, man, there's never been a foundation upon which I actually believe hope can be built. Because if I walk in the confidence that Jesus Christ has been resurrected from the dead... And in His great mercy, I have been offered new birth and a living hope, then there should be, 
And there should be no doubt whatsoever that the same promises that God fulfilled in raising Jesus from the dead are the same promises that He's going to fulfill in resurrecting my situation from the dead. Hope is built upon the truth of the resurrection. The writer Peter goes on to say this, right? The second part of verse 4. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, right? So we've been, we've been ushered into this new birth, this new life, this living hope that we have. All of that is built upon the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And we, are, we come into an inheritance that can never perish, that can never spoil, that can never fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. It's one of those confusing sections. Like, wait, wait, what's going on here? Like, but think of it in, think of it in terms of like the whole argument here that, that Peter is making, right? That we, we, have been, we have been, by the mercy of God, given new birth and a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus, and we've been offered, offered hope as an inheritance. Okay? An inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade away. Now, here, here, here's the thing about inheritances. Um, I've, I, I've received one inheritance in my life. Okay? And I couldn't... Um, it was my, like my great aunt Betsy. Um, I met her when I was like, I can't even say that I met her, right? She held me as a baby, right? Um, and then she passed, and then she left. She left inheritances to her nieces and nephews, me being the oldest of that. And there was a stipulation on the inheritance. It was fully mine, listed to my name, but the stipulation on the inheritance was that I could not receive it until I was 21, okay? Um, <clears throat> and, so, um, and so, there was this, there was this, I, I, was, I wanted to say weird, or not, not weird, but like interesting phenomenon with inheritance is that um, it is something that we simultaneously both possess mine, but do not yet have. Right. I, it was my possession. I owned it. It belonged to me. It could not legally go to any other person, right? Someone couldn't run off with it or abscond with it. It was mine. It was, it was marked as Cameron's. However, I was in this period of like, it's mine, but it's not yet mine. Right? I, I have it. It is fully mine, but I do not yet I do not yet possess it. Or I do not yet have it. Uh, the writer here in Peter says that hope, Christian hope, the fulfillment of God's promises because of His character is a lot like 
an inheritance. Through Jesus Christ, hope is ours. We, we do not have to wonder. We do not have to worry. It cannot be run off with. It cannot be given to someone else. It cannot perish, spoil, or uh, fade away. That it is, it is kept and guarded by faith in heaven for you and I. That the hope that God offers us in Jesus Christ is an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade away. It cannot be eroded or degraded by the circumstances of your life. When you hold the hope that is offered to you in Jesus, right? It does not matter the circumstances that you walk through. It does not matter the fire or the trial or the suffering or the pain that you go through. When, when, you, when you are given an inheritance from the Lord in Jesus, it is stored in heaven for you. It cannot be ripped out of your hands. It cannot be separated from you. It is safe and secure. Peter goes on to say this. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, with which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him, and even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. <clears throat> Here's what Peter wants to say. The reality that our that our hope, right? The hope that you have and the hope that I have, which is, which is rooted in Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? Which has given us new birth, which has given us new life, right? The hope that you and I have is that when the rest, when the rest of the world absolutely destroys every bit of wishful thinking that we have about the future, The hope that we place in Jesus or the hope that we have in Jesus cannot be touched by, cannot be moved by, cannot be destroyed by, cannot be compromised by all of the ways that the world wants to destroy other promises. Cannot be moved. It cannot be stolen. It cannot be destroyed. Our hope, right, is not tied to earthly 
things. Our hope is not tied to earthly things. Our hope is not tied to our families. You know that? Our hope is not tied to our jobs. Our hope is not tied to our health. Our, our hope is not tied to our bank accounts, to our friendships. Our hope is not tied to our church. Our hope is not tied to our kids. The great gift that God has given to us who express faith in Jesus Christ, who build our lives in the foundation of the resurrection of Jesus, is that we have a foundation to build our lives on something that will never, ever, ever pass away. All other things will pass away. All other things will perish and spoil and fade and rust and, and blow away with the wind of circumstances. But when we, listen, when you and I, when we place our hope firmly in the promises and character of God, we position ourselves in a place of never ever, ever being disappointed. Of never having that promise broken. Of never being in a place of mixed, missed expectations. And listen, that does not diminish the value of your family. Or your marriage. Or your health. Or your kids. Or your job. Or whatever other thing that you want to put your hope into, right? What it does is it actually puts those things in their proper place. It takes them off of the, the altar of your life and places them under the surrender to Jesus Christ and His Lordship over all. The foundation is Jesus. The building blocks are His resurrection. The gift is faith. And so to say, well, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if I could just build my hope on Jesus, but then what about my family? Listen, Jesus loves your family more than you ever will or could even possibly imagine. He knows them better than you do, right? You will never, ever, ever lose by putting Jesus in the correct place that He belongs. Ever. Ever. What is said, and what Peter goes on to say, almost, almost like anticipating the human condition, says that, like, yeah, and you will walk through trials of all kinds, and these trials will be like fire that refine your faith like gold. That that suffering, that pain. That trial, that fire comes and it, and it burns away all of the impurities of my life. 
And it makes me, it helps me to refocus because what is left when suffering comes and what is left when, when fire burns away all of, the, all of the, the many idols that I've put my hope in in life is that it, it reveals what is actually pure and true. The thing that remains in the midst of the refiner's fire is still the promises of Jesus Christ. It's still the person of Jesus Christ. It's still the character of Jesus Christ. Jesus remains as suffering and trial burns away and burns out every piece of circumstantiality in my life. Suffering ends up coming in, right? And ends like and, and produces this refining fire that turns us away from all the false things that we've put our hope in and turns us towards the thing that we should put our um, should have put our hope in, right? The refining fire of God is a gift to refocus your hope on the one whose hope never ends. It is not a it is not a it's not even a correcting to see it as a punishment, right? As it is a grace and a mercy for you to have the opportunity to replace your hope in the thing that will never fade or perish or spoil. And it said, and Peter goes on to say that, that now when this happens, right? When this happens, when we allow the refining work of, of the, like the fire of God to work, that it creates oneness with Jesus that overflows in inexpressible and glorious joy. Not a, not a lesser happiness. Not a, oh, I guess we'll settle for relationship with Jesus. Not a, well, I guess if I can't uh, put all my hope in the eggs of my family, I can put them in Jesus. I guess that will be okay, right? No, but it produces an inexpressible and glorious joy. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Listen, we do not hope. We do not hope as the world hopes. We do not sit in a season of Christmas or Advent here being like, you know, I really hope things work out. I really hope I'm going to be okay. I really hope I, that relationship heals. I really hope I find the relationship that will fulfill me. I really hope that, you know, my health will turn the corner, right? And then we sit, we, what, what, do we, what do we end up doing? Because we know the brokenness of the world, we sit in baited expectation for all those hopes to just be dashed because we know. We have been given the tremendous tremendous gift of being able to have hope in a person in promises that will never disappoint that will 
that will, that will never leave you broken. Where the, where the primary, where the primary focus of our lives beco- becomes the life that Jesus Christ has given to me. The work that Jesus is doing in me. The, 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 the ministry of Jesus Christ to me. When that becomes our primary soul, singular, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain type of focus, then we walk as people in inexpressible and glorious joy because we know we cannot be disappointed. I have built my life upon a thing that can never go away, that can never perish or spoil or fade, that can never be destroyed or taken away from me. My, my life is built on nothing less right, than Jesus Christ and what? Righteousness. Right? That is what my hope is built on. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. That's it. I'm going to offer maybe a, a prayer for us. Like as you're reading your Advent book this week, as you're working through that, praying through those Scriptures, reading those, um, uh, a prayer maybe that we can offer to... Um, you know, if I were to pray, if I were to pray a prayer... Pray a prayer this week. Jesus, please give us a clear picture and walk with You that our lives become fully captivated with the hope and glory of Your coming. Lord, we know that You have promised to us that Jesus is coming again. We know that You have promised to us that just as Jesus came as a baby in a manger, that Jesus is coming again. This time on the clouds and with power to redeem the brokenness of a world that has been marred by sin Lord, let the promise of the coming of Jesus breathe new life, new birth, and inexpressible and glorious joy into our hearts. That in the midst of a thousand broken promises of life, Lord, that the promise of Jesus coming be the one that our eyes remain fixed upon. May we never be moved from that place, Lord, so that no matter what the fire, no matter what the suffering, no matter what the trial or pain seeks to do in our lives, that we remain unmoved because our hope is built, Lord, on nothing less than the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Lord, be our vision. In Jesus' name.
Amen.